0: Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. People who are held accountable for their actions that they don't want to be held accountable for will blame the media and say that the media are just out on some witch hunt. So no, I don't feel like poached eggs, a blazer (laughs) and a certificate on Monday morning. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek Podcast. In this episode, we talk about our feelings about International Women's Day this year. So today is International Women's Day, if you're listening when we release it. So happy IWD. Uh, This year is quite different, um, as I'm sure everyone agrees. The day has really been overshadowed by the events that have happened in the last uh, couple of weeks fortnight and what's coming out of Canberra at the moment. So that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. We do talk a little bit about sexual assault not in detail but if that is something you don't want to hear give this episode a miss. We do touch on a couple of the stories and allegations that have come out but we mostly focus on how we feel about things particularly in the light of IWD and what we think needs to happen from here. I hope you enjoy the episode episode. Happy International Women's Day. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I've been crying recently. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. I haven't been crying. I don't cry. I'm, I'm too, um, I'm sort of barren on the inside at the moment. Okay. It sounded kind of gross. Right. <laughs> 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 but right. I, mean, yeah, like, I think it. I'm sort of devoid of, uh, intense emotion mm-hmm. because I kind of just feel, I think a little bit so helpless, isn't the word, but just like I don't, I don't know what comes next. I don't feel like attending a breakfast at five a.m. on Monday, where the women probably did the setup, mm-hmm. uh, organize the awards, mm-hmm. pack up, and then go home and watch the news. Yeah. Um, to see more coverage mm, about and to hear more men saying when International Men's Day, even though they miss it every year, it's in November. It's in November. Yeah. You
0: stupid people.
1: I just. I I don't I think the horizon has been pushed back mm-hmm. really far the past fortnight and it feels just so wrong to be <laughs> yeah Pink Day. Yeah, on Monday when I, I truly just feel exhausted and I I feel like and it's not even that I feel like we've pushed ourselves back historically in terms of like our progress and and general feminist behavior. I just we haven't done
0: we haven't done anything to we ourselves. haven't done anything.
1: Just the truth has emerged. Yeah. the truth that we did know. Yeah, but it's so blinding.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of the time, like particularly, I think in the last couple of years in the feminist landscape Mm -hmm. there has been a lot of light shone on the fact that women have pushed themselves back a little bit or like we've pushed each other down on in order to get up ourselves and things like that but this is one of those issues that it's like this is not, not 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 that like it's none of that it's not about like women treating other women poorly it's not about competition it's not about it's not even about stereotypes. It's, like, so deep. And, like, in this moment, I think, in this moment in time, it's, like, really reminded me and about, like, what is kind of at the core of the cause, and mm. that is that women are continuously
1: victims of men. I think in terms of um, why I feel like there's a plateau or stagnant in this way, it's it's because we've kind of um i think that when you burst through the ceiling when you you make it to the new sort of when you, achievement unlocked for mm-hmm. feminism when you think about the waves i think that you know women get the vote right mm-hmm. then you have sort of this certain amount of like a battery life where you can keep moving until you have to uh, Then the next thing occurs mm-hmm. the next big bomb moment right yeah. and i think we've, we've surpassed that we we don't know what the next thing is yeah um and into uh, sorry when i say that i don't mean we don't know what else we require for equality that's not what i mean it's like what's the next big thing we're gonna have to protest for yeah what's the next big specific thing we need changed Mm -hmm. um and you know it it goes from and and because now we're in this this very legal realm Mm -hmm. and so i think what needs to change is the structure itself yeah it's it's about the way that we are it's it's fundamentally about the way that we are raised mm-hmm. it's fundamentally about the way we are educated it's fundamentally about the way that we accept the standard that we walk past the ex- standard that we experience mm-hmm. and i think that a lot of us are so desensitized yeah to catcalls mm-hmm. to sexual harassment to sexual assault because factually it, ex- it happens to everyone yeah every woman yeah and so i think the thing now is what's next in terms of response yeah because the women who are responding are already doing it Mm -hmm. so it it comes back to this very fundamental nature of what are we doing wrong that there's this disparity between women who are just like "Eh," and then women who are like fuck off yeah and i think this is the thing is that now it's come back to the fundamental structures of our society rather than like we need this piece of legislation changed it's getting broader yeah the scope of what needs to to change in order to have real tangible progress now is widening Mm -hmm. the further we go the harder it gets yeah exactly and it's just so frustrating to think about like
0: in the last um you know 10 days we've had conversations with both of our mums who have been quite affected by mm. the um you know, recent so. news. yeah and we you know i mean they're both like second wave feminists mm. um but probably and we've you know this won't be any surprise to either of them if they're listening um but kind of like definitely not as um activated as we are now mm-hmm. and not as activated as they were when they were younger but like this is this issue like sexual assault rape which is already illegal by the way so i know like legislation can change to help us but it's illegal already um women are getting attacked murdered even though we haven't heard about that this week it's still happening but this is generations of women and we've seen generations of women you know grow up and have kids and die and we're still seeing this problem happen like it's still no one has been successful in stopping or it even at this at this time it seems like we haven't even seen it slow down
1: and i think part of it is like i think one of the last big things to happen in this sort of um legislative realm is um the let her speak campaign Mm -hmm. which was um one of the reasons that i mean this grace tame was the 2021 australian of the year um basically as she was the instigator of this um sort of campaign that essentially said that uh, in a lot of circumstances in, in legislation, um, victims can't speak out against perpetrators, mm-hmm. even if they've been convicted sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so that was overturned in multiple states and territories. Um, now she could speak out and name the yeah. person who groomed and raped her as a child.
0: Yeah. Um, even though the whole time he could brag about it mm-hmm. he on could, social media.
1: Yeah, and he could talk about He could say her name. She couldn't say his. Yeah. And that doesn't make any sense. No. Um, But that's one of the last big things to happen. And that's, honestly, that's absurd that 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 was an existing thing Mm -hmm. when i think about and this is tough to talk about because it's tough to talk about in a way that supports my left views Mm -hmm. my very very progressive views in terms of um the way that we should respond to sexual violence and and it, it really challenges my understanding of the legal system and as someone who's worked in public prosecutions and that is that there are huge issues with the way that rape claims and sexual assault claims are brought before the court and The thing is, is that it's extremely complex, because in a lot of these cases, there is there isn't evidence, Mm -hmm. there isn't physical evidence of a crime scene. Mm -hmm. But then we think about, and obviously we don't want to get too into this because it's a very complex issue, and we it's hard to touch on because we don't know a lot, and a lot is going to unfold in the coming days in regards to this. And we're pre-recording. Yeah, Um, in the historic rape allegation that has um, that Christian Porter has stated is alleged against him but he's denying the allegation A lot of the issue is around how do we bring a case how do we bring a trial against um, a deceased victim or Mm -hmm. survivor and um, the fact that there's no there's never going to be a rape kit Mm -hmm. there's never going to be a DNA sample from the crime there's no complainant yeah but hang on a second have we ever had a murder trial there's no complainant in that case either Mm -hmm. like we don't think about these things in this sense but the fact that it's historic the fact that it's such a um, testament to character is such a testament to um, the evidence that we have left like documentary things like her diary and and Mm -hmm. these things can't prove whether something can ha- had happened in 1988 it, it is virtually impossible to say without a doubt without his admission yeah. of guilt that that happened mm-hmm. obviously i know what i believe yeah but i can't say hand on heart what's occurred mm-hmm. right and, and I, no
0: one and we don't believe that there's any there's a, well, there's only one person that knows who knows who's alive today yes. that we yeah that we do that we know of yeah yeah
1: and that's really really complex because how do we achieve justice how do we hold an inquiry how do we do these things how do we run a trial with these gaps mm-hmm. right and so i believe when we talk about the legal system i believe in the foundations that we have underpinning our democracy the way that they actually occur when it gets down to the nitty-gritty of each individual circumstance is completely different mm-hmm. right and we've talked about this a lot on our website, we've talked about this a lot in our content that we've been producing, Mm -hmm. but it's a really complex issue to touch on. When we think about the way that sexual violence, domestic violence occurs, it's exhausting, one, because we as women know when other women speak to us about these things, we know there's there's a sort of silence, there's a silent, um, and there's like a mutual passing of knowledge that, I know how that felt or I know what it felt like to be in that situation or I can identify with the emotions you're having and the response and the way you're communicating it to Mm -hmm. me that's why we believe others Mm. that is because we ourselves have experienced it and it's often not a far-fetched claim because we know how men behave towards us yeah right and that's part of the reason it's these things are so exhausting is because in a sense because it happens to everyone there's a silent judgment that Mm -hmm. But you can't hold that up in a court of law. Yeah, And that's why I think it's really exhausting this year when it comes down to International Women's Day is that, like, I don't know how to feel satisfied or how to move forward when it kind of just feels like we've exhausted options for the moment in terms of when the next barrier, where, what, and how we push the next barrier.
0: Yeah. And I think at the moment everyone is just, like, in the, you know, it's been a couple of days since the christian porter held his press conference and we've got two camps of people well i guess three camps because one camp is just not paying attention mm. um to what's happening but we've got one camp of people who i believe are led by um and according to what we can read in the media conservative white middle-aged men particularly those associated with Conservative Murdoch media mm. publications who believe that um, Porter has been the victim of a witch hunt and that it's not fair to you know for the media to prosecute him. In this is these are some snippets of articles I've read um, and have said that it's uh, you know this is so unfair and it should never happen. Yada yada. But then you've got on the other side a group of you know mostly women, I would say who are just equally as frustrated, perhaps even more angry because we have, and it's not, for me, it's not even about this specific case. Um, and I understand that, you know, it's very difficult, as Hannah said, it's practically impossible to prove anything has happened and everything is alleged and we don't have any facts, but it's just shows us that for me, when I read the, Read the articles that are on the other side. I just think you don't understand what we're angry about. Like, for me, it's not one specific historic case that will never be solved. It's a symbol. Exa- it is mm. a symbol. And it's like, well, what about all of the other ones? That there was more proof that the, you know, victim war- is alive. Mm. Like, it's not this one case that isn't going to be solved. It's another case that won't be solved. It's just a very public case. It's a
1: drop in the ocean. Exactly.
0: It is a drop in the ocean. And we are angry because this is what we see all the time is nothing happening these things we hear about these things happening which as you've mentioned we believe because we've been in that situation or we know someone who's been in the situation and even if you know you can't believe you can't you know relate exactly you can relate enough and we're just seeing another case just be dismissed completely by you know the public and by our government there's i'm trying not to and we kind of covered this in our podcast two weeks ago with about brittany higgins um i think that it's it's just a particularly sad state of affairs when this is happening in the government like Mm. this all of this stuff not just christian porter um all of these you know alleged crimes that are happening that have been reported and have come out in the last couple of weeks they're happening in like the officials that we elect to look out for our interests It's happening there of all places of course it's fucking happening everywhere else but it's just it it kind of twists the knife in a particularly painful way when it's supposed to be the people who are looking out for us and who are making decisions that are allegedly in our interests
1: and i think the thing in this situation is and and again i've spoken extensively about this in in some articles that i've written this week but when we talk about like the rule of law and this idea that everyone is equal under the law, that's a, a really complex idea to grapple with. It seems simple, but when we think about the different power structures of things, for me personally, I'm holding these people to a higher account, mm-hmm. right? I think that in in it's unfair to say it's not right, it's not how we operate, but the fact that Christian Porter doesn't even just represent a cabinet minister, he doesn't represent just a member of parliament. He represents the highest legal position in our country. Mm-hmm. He is the first law officer of the Commonwealth of this country. It, 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 The fact that the actual case can't proceed as a police investigation, I understand, because I understand that they've never even got a formal statement from mm-hmm. the survivor. So it's incredibly difficult to investigate. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible, but it's incredibly difficult. I understand. In terms of the inquiry, I think his position on the matter and what he said in his statement is essentially saying, you wouldn't do this to the average citizen, so you can't do it to me, Mm -hmm. in that the rule of law should state that we're all equal under the law and in the eyes of the law, and thus, why are you pursuing me in a way that's different than the average Australian? Mm -hmm. When he's talking about the investigation. Yeah, and I don't think that's fair, because I think that, to me personally, and I understand that this is not... The rule of law but in a sense i think it's still important to say if you are someone who is esteemed in the way that christian porter is he has this incredible badge cloak of honor in terms of his positions as leader of the house Mm -hmm. um he's the minister for industrial relations Mm -hmm. he is the attorney general of this country it matters whether this allegation is credible it matters what's occurred It matters that we at least look into this through an independent inquiry Mm -hmm. because, it and and this is important too, it sets a precedent in this country for future Mm behaviour if something like this occurs and he sidesteps around an independent inquiry. It communicates to future ministers thinking about their previous conduct, their history, their their Mm behaviour, their actions and their words. It matters because we are setting... This is a novelty. This is a novel event. And what we do moving forward, it it, it communicates so much to what people can get away with in the future. Mm. It also communicates a lot about what we accept in this country. It communicates a lot to other countries about the standard that we accept from our politicians, the Mm -hmm. people that are public servants, the people that serve the citizens of this country. It matters what their conduct is, no matter how long ago. It also matters how they respond to this. And the way that he... Quite honestly, and I don't know if I want this in. If an independent inquiry occurs, right, I don't. I honestly don't think that they're going to find him guilty of anything because, again, there's not enough evidence. Yeah. Right? So why is he so opposed to one? Yeah. It actually would clear his name further with the crowd that he wants. Yeah.
0: Well, we just read a tweet that said, not holding an independent inquiry is removing christian porter's ability to speak yeah it would like saying that it would give arguing that it would give him a voice it would silence
1: every party in the situation by not not inducing an independent inquiry yeah so that's my confusion is like
0: and everybody like so many people want one there's pressure from lots of sides that are pushing for an independent inquiry mm. and again the government represents our interests we are asking for pushing for an independent inquiry
1: so is the media but i think the thing is is that people keep saying like what the media is doing well the media is responding to outcry public outcry and which is is their job exactly and the media is supposed
0: to keep government accountable yeah which just really left a bad taste in my mouth the amount of times in the press conference that he you know said that it was just a media witch hunt to me and this is not specifically about him but i think to me a lot of people and i would argue that this was led by trump politicians who or people who are held accountable for their actions that they don't want to be held accountable for will blame the media and say that the media are just out on some witch hunt it's something that the conservatives always use against the left to say there's like a leftist quest for cancellation this Mm. is their um like they use all of these very specific wording and that's what they do when they just want to be the victim of, you know, the left and the media, the leftist media is kind of like the conduit to cancelling them.
1: But also from my perspective, the way that that statement occurred was... so it was it was it was so awful he really really neglected the glaring issues Mm. i think because when you think about the way that he framed the statement it was a lot about the implications on his career and his political reputation which was tarnished long ago to be honest if i if i'm being honest and the thing for me is i don't know whether he did this i i don't i don't i don't want to comment on it Mm. but there is a pattern of behavior emerging and that was that predates this allegation Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's where my concerns come from my concerns come from not from this allegation I mean obviously I, I care deeply about whether this is true or not but it's this in conjunction with the other facts that have been presented in relation to his conduct that's current yeah. that matters the thing is is that Porter came out he cried about cried. he cried about his career right he cried about the witch hunt He was very emotional about the response, not the allegation. Mm -hmm. There is a dead woman here. She has taken her own life. There is a whole facet of issues here. But Porter's response was very much a reflection of, I'm taking mental health leave because of what you've done to me. Yeah,
0: it was, 100%. And the the amount of times that he said that he's not ashamed to seek mental health help, which was a, a... I I thought it was a
1: really insensitive comment, considering the context of the allegation. Yes. Um, And also, it's a real reflection of his privilege. Yeah. People don't necessarily have the same access to mental health services and treatment that he has. No.
0: Exactly. And I'll also just add, like, about the, you know, reports we've heard about his behaviour. Let's just not forget who was one of the most prominent people who reported that, and that was Malcolm Turnbull. Mm. Malcolm Turnbull has gone on the record multiple times to express concern with Christian Porter's behaviour.
1: Yeah. Like a former Prime Minister. But then again, I will turn around and critique Turnbull again and say that he actually called. Uh, Christian Porter into his office yeah. to um, critique his behaviour and say well, I'm not having you go out in public yeah. and behave like this with younger women who are yes. staffers and, and then two weeks turned him. around and yeah. actually appointed him Attorney General yes. weeks later Yes,
0: because was, that was supposed to be a warning it was like stop this behaviour otherwise you won't get the job and then he got the job Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We don't. We're not. We're not taking him off the hook, but just like this, you know, it's not just it's like notable because a exactly. lot of, especially
1: prime ministers, especially from their own party, and especially when they're conservatives, mm-hmm. will not go on the record and uh, admit to these things. No, exactly. And Malcolm Turnbull has come out and basically said, and and previously indicated, you know, concerns about Christian's behaviour. Yeah, exactly. And that's like the opposite
0: of what um is doing now, which is just coming forward and. I don't even know what you call it,
1: oh, like a pr uh, nightmare.
0: It's Scott Morrison
1: in terms of crisis management. How's he going?
0: Not very well. So prior to this, I was reading, mm. much to my despair, prior to um, Brittany Higgins going public with her allegations, Scott Morrison's ratings were approval ratings were the highest they have ever been. Mm.
1: It was like seventy six percent or something. Yeah, on one stage
0: even higher than COVID. Mm. And I'm assuming this is because of the covid vaccine yeah
1: well no uh britney higgins was two days before the vaccine rollout sorry the the first vaccination
0: i don't know what it's based on because then all the like craig kelly stuff happened before that i don't really know why his approval rates are so high but anyway so we'll see what happens after this um but he just the way that mm, it just reminds me of like when a kid does something bad at school and then like you know those kids at school that like always had their parents come and stick up for them and be like well that's actually i have had this kid at my school my high school of all places his parent was on the board of the school and he punched somebody at school and his parent came in and argued under the letter of the law that it was self-defense because he punched back in three in three seconds. So that's what ScoMo is doing for these people. He's like, well, he was really upset. Mm. And so he's done that for Linda, um, Linda Reynolds. Reynolds as well. She's, um, has it, it's been proven. Can we say that it's not a legend? There's allegedly. no denial. There's been no denial oh, she that she called She apologized. Brittany Higgins. Okay. So she called Brittany Higgins a lying cow. cow.
1: To, I didn't think she said it to you, Brittany. no said it to staff yeah in relation to britney coming forward yeah
0: i think she was on speakerphone Mm. anyway i'm not sure about the details but multiple staff heard it and one of her um staff went to the media with it
1: do we know i wonder if that person is known in the officer that they did it
0: i'm not sure i thought it was her media officer maybe but anyway i'm not sure about the details um and then scott morrison so she has well first she tried to like contextualize it as if you can contextualize the phrase, lying cow. And then Scott Morrison has come forward to say that she's very regretful.
1: What? Why didn't Scott Morrison come forward? Is it because she's in hospital?
0: No, she was out of hospital. she has been discharged. Yeah. But Scott Morrison keeps coming forward and is like, they're okay. He did it with Craig Kelly as well. It's just a... This is just, like, further evidence to character. Processes and, like from a an optics perspective you know would it not have been beneficial to at least have porter stand aside for Mm. some time until something is decided Um, whether they decide to do the investigation or whatever like i just it's so it's the optics are so bad yeah and the optics are like just one very top slice of the the pie he's just stood by him and ugh
1: I'm really angry. What do you think will happen? Nothing. I, I wonder if they I don't do, want to say on the record what I think will happen. If they wait I guess we'll cut this out.
0: A lot of people think actually this could slightly lighter note. A lot of people are saying that Linda Reynolds' career is over.
1: I think this is a point you brought up with me yesterday, like why is the only person who is truly being held to account in this situation the woman?
0: Yeah so i'm not i understand it's more complex than that don't come for me um and i understand that the um britney higgins alleged uh rapist it's like the case is ongoing i understand Mm. that but it is really frustrating to see like from what we can see again optics the only person who has had to actually apologize is linda reynolds
1: scott morrison apologized to britney but (sighs) I think the thing is, is that obviously there was a um, sort of media frenzy. Yesterday. So when uh, it came out, yeah, the two days ago that Linda Reynolds had called Brittany Higgins a lying cow, and she had said that to her staff. Mm-hmm. Brittany Higgins's lawyer has served Linda Reynolds with defamation, like a legal proceeding for defamation, ag- yep. in regards to what's been said. Mm-hmm. I think that's adequate. Yes, she is defaming her by saying this. Yeah, but. Um, I think the thing is, is that it's the only tangible thing that's occurred, which we discussed, yeah. like the reason that Linda Reynolds is being head to, held to account is because it's the only, her involvement is one of the only things that is provable. Yeah. Um, at the moment. Yes. So it's just unfortunate, really. It is. I mean, unfortunate. it's not, it's fortunate that we can have some sort of uh, justice or, or sense of, you know, discipline is occurring. Yeah. Mm-hmm oh god it's just exhausting to think about
0: it is and i i thought this about like i mm, it's kind of it's probably a bit unfair of me actually to say these two things because they kind of contradict each other but when i heard about when britney higgins story first came out i really like almost held linda reynolds to a higher account because she's a woman and i was like this is really horrendous that a woman Mm. has like you know done allegedly done what she has done in the like kind of um fallout after the the you know, alleged incident. Occurred. I think she's admitted to that. Yeah. Um. Yes, and I don't really. I can't even keep up with what's actually happened. Um. So I think that yeah, it's it's particularly, I don't know, sad for me to see that that person was a woman. Mm. But now also I, it's also disappointing for me to now see a bit later that, from my perspective and from the public's perspective, a woman is the person who has actually. Being held to account and she's like really the only person again as a symbol yeah awful. exactly um
1: but i think the thing that bothers me too and the reason that we sort of there's two reasons we accidentally hold women to a higher account one is internalized misogyny mm-hmm. two is linda reynolds has probably been sexually harassed in her life yes linda reynolds has probably experienced sexual violence in some form in her life she's probably been told by a friend or a family member or it's happened to her because the likelihood is and the odds are that, that that's true. And so, the ABC
0: has reported that she has spoken poorly about the culture in her party.
1: Yeah. And so the thing that bothers me is that she knows better. Yeah. She knows the feeling. Mm-hmm. She knows the experience. And I'm not saying that men don't, but they fundamentally don't. Yeah. Yeah and that's what hurts it hurts Mm -hmm. because it's like someone on your team fucking you over
0: yeah which is very unfortunate Mm.
1: so so no i don't feel like poached eggs a blazer (laughs) and a certificate on monday morning uh it's very very difficult to want to celebrate being a woman when one i think that women's day prizes and women in business and women in law awards can just feel like such a token mm. it can feel like you know the b category award yeah um like this is a special one we just made for you yeah it can feel like a fucking 10th place participation ribbon mm-hmm. and I'm not saying it is. It can feel like that, especially in this climate. Yeah. It, it's such a cop-out because people are putting on a breakfast and putting on a lunch and putting on a dinner and having a guest lecturer um, to then turn around and, and watch on the nightly news that someone else has come forward saying they've been raped in our highest office in in the country. Yeah exactly
0: and i think for the last couple of years when i've been you know more engaged with in feminism Mm. and it more actively involved i've always like said and i think this is this is not not, i didn't make it up but a lot of people are saying like international women's day is the day where we celebrate how far we've come but then also look at how far we have to go and i think that this year for me and i know that we've come we've still come far from like suffragette time Mm. but i'm just like but have have we like we're still women are still getting yeah sexually assaulted like
1: and actually something that was i thought was really really funny that i watched and it was um fran lebowitz's um pretend it's a city netflix uh, documentary series Mm -hmm. and one of the jokes she made which is clearly a joke it's not it's not adequate but you get where she's coming from she said it was the same from for women from eve up until eight months ago yeah and that's kind of how it feels Mm -hmm. It, it feels like and what i think she kind of means by that in the sense is in in all of human history it is largely for what 99% almost being the same experience for women yeah and the the, ter- the tables have truly turned in the last few years I think since 2016 2017 mm-hmm. obviously we're looking at you know suffragette movement as like the instigator of this entire thing so yes it's been different for women yeah but I don't think that's off the mark mm-hmm. I don't think she's missed I, I don't think the point is missed I, I think it, it communicates a lot about we're fucking exhausted Mm -hmm. there's been a huge turnaround but we're still not even close yeah because women like from the household to the workplace to hobbies to the way that our you know media like the in every facet of our lifestyles and experiences it's different for women yeah it is yeah um, like a woman's hobby is seen differently to a man's. Mm-hmm. Um, our media is seen differently. Mm-hmm. Where like you use the colour pink and your fucking feminist agenda. Like yeah. we, men don't read your content. Like the way that we <laughs> is that <targeted>? experience. <laughs> a bit too close to home. Mm-hmm. The way that we experience um, the workload at at home, the mental load, mm-hmm. the way that we experience what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to behave and what we're supposed to wear, and even to things like. I was walking along the train platform yesterday and I felt three men in a row like give me this Uh, stare. Yeah. And I felt so disgusting by the time I sat down on my seat. And then I watched this other guy just walk like stroll on in and it was like he was just like looking at the sky like I just felt this like huge disparity between him walking across the platform and me. Yeah. And it felt like really I mean, it's a bit pathetic, but it felt just so like metaphorical. I just felt exhausted. Like Friday afternoon, done with work. I'm so exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I know it's the most minuscule of things, but I just felt so so seen in just the worst way. I yeah. just felt like like they were mentally deciding if they wanted to have sex with me or not, and mm-hmm. as if it was their decision. Yeah. And then I sat down and I watched this guy come in and like play fucking heavy metal and sit down like he couldn't give a fuck away at anything, and I was like, "Ew, Jeffrey! So like, how much more time do you have in a day because you're not exhausted by things like this?" Yes,
0: and I think about this so much, and something I have been thinking about, and I don't want this to come across as like poor me i'm heterosexual (laughs) but i think it is like difficult and this is kind of goes off the back of uh the conversations that we were having a fortnight ago about after scomo made the statement about Brittany higgins and said um i did his whole like as a father of whatever Mm. it is so exhausting and i have had conversations with like men in my life where i'm just like why do I have to? Be, I don't want to have to explain to you why this news upsets me. Like, can you not understand? Can you not like? Even if you can't, und- if you suspend can't relate, suspend your
1: experience. Exactly.
0: Even if you can't relate, could you just like think of one possible reason why I'm not just reading this like a piece of news? Mm. Like one possible reason. Um, so I guess the and the, and a few like conversations I've had this week has been like. Um, because i'm frustrated because i feel like not enough people are talking about this why do not people why do people still not even know what's going on Mm. and i don't know whose fault this is if everyone is everyone's responsibility to be engaged or like people should we be having conversations about and we're just not but i was having a conversation about this with someone and they said well you know you don't talk about climate change all, every time every minute of the day you don't talk about coal every minute of the day so what about that issue like should you be um. talking more about that and for me i'm just like but everybody is affected by climate change but this issue and so every i feel like everyone is talking about climate change all the time but women's issues i feel are not as important because they're only about women like when do we all get to care about something that's about women Like, I don't want this to be an issue that women carry, because we do. We carry it all the time. And it's our responsibility to explain to people who can't relate, this is why I'm upset. And I don't want to have to say one more time, I'm upset by this because it could happen to me. And that's actually not why I'm upset about it. No, I'm upset about it because I can relate to it and I can understand how it would happen and And how it would feel. And I can understand how someone
1: else would feel. Exactly.
0: But I'm not, I I don't want to have to say to people, I'm upset because I'm a woman and I could get this, uh, this could happen to me. I don't want to say that to one more person. I will actually lose it if I have to say that one more
1: time. And the thing was yesterday when I was thinking about this really, really hard, I was sitting on the platform and then I thought, and I'm feeling sorry for myself as a tall, white woman, and I just thought about it, and I thought, fuck, I'm disgusting. Because <laughs> I'm not even thinking about how it would be for someone else. Yeah, And it has got into my head where I'm like, and then when do we actually all sit down and talk about an issue with race? Yeah. Like, this is why in Black Lives Matter movement last year in June, everyone was so fucking exhausted. Because mm-hmm. no one ever really sits down and says, how would that feel for you? Yeah. no so one, we can't. Exactly. Right? Well, the
0: more privileged you are, the less likely you are to relate i think and that's not scientific but it's like i do i think the people who are the most privileged that are you know you know rich able bodied are far away they're so far away from it they can't even imagine any like what's that quote to the privileged equality feels like oppression yeah like do- they don't
1: because something has to be because because fundamentally in order for us to experience gender equality mm-hmm. something does have to be taken from men yeah they won't let us rise to the same level because things have to change because they have a man's right mm-hmm. what they perceive as their right to say and act and behave in a certain way has to be reduced and removed in yeah. order for us to feel equal yeah so in a sense they feel like equality is their oppression and that's
0: the whole problem yeah it for, for all of these issues like white people feel like they have to give up something that is so valuable and that they've earned which is not true to allow you know others to have a chance or even the chance of a chance oh, it makes me so mad so angry. <laughs> i just don't i don't
1: know what to do i don't know
0: what to do yeah i don't know what to do either What can be done
1: i just wonder i just want more people to care i want more people to care yeah i mean my mum cares she doesn't usually care <laughs> That's <It's> nice. nice. <laughs> <It's> nice.
0: <laughs> but then the other thing is because i've like feel like i'm yeah forcing people to care left right and center about this issue but i also know it's a very like uncomfortable and tough issue for a lot of people to engage with mm-hmm. and that's something that i acknowledge acknowledge yeah and i've like noted i'm like do people i mean for me when stuff like this happens i'm like we have to stay engaged and we have to keep but then again a lot
1: of people that i spoke to are kind of like oh which allegations that related to again oh, which, oh what oh what and it's like when the information got above a grade three reading level they decided on oh, no, not it's too hard yeah and i'm like it's because people exist in this this bubble mm-hmm. and, I, and i just think like this bubble is still affected by the people that are in charge. Yeah, Everything in your bubble is still impacted by the people in Canberra and the way they behave and what they do and who they are as people. Yeah. Because our lifestyle is affected by the things that they choose. Mm-hmm. So why don't you care? Yeah. Why don't you care? You should always care. You should always care. I don't know how to teach people to care.
0: The time is way gone for people to not be interested in politics or not want to have I'm not un- uncomfortable conversations at the dinner table. I'm so sick Unless of that argument. Unsafe.
1: Sorry, I'm, I'm not unsafe at my dinner table, so I don't want to...
0: Oh, yes. Sorry. I'm talking more about making the choice to disengage. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it's there's no time for that anymore, if you ask me. I just think that the time is completely over, and I think it is. it's so privileged to not get engaged with politics, in quotes, because I know a lot of people feel as though um you know their vote doesn't count or even that you know it doesn't make a difference labor liberal who cares who's in the government but i just me yes me i also care but also it's like it's more than that like we we shouldn't have to hold the government to account that's actually bullshit that we have to do that like are they gonna are we gonna get paid some taxpayer dollars for the work that we spend trying to hold them to account i don't think so but like not being engaged in the government and in politics is further enabling them to do whatever they want to do in that is in their interests. Like if we want to see a better world, then we need to stay engaged in these things and we need to understand what's happening. Because otherwise they're going to keep doing whatever the fuck they want and we don't even know. Yeah. They already do enough th- enough stuff that's concealed. If you look into even the political donations that the Greens uncovered in at the start of February, I think it was February one, we wrote an article about it. If you scroll back or search Larissa Waters on our website, no one cared about that. No one gave a shit. The mainstream media, art- the mainstream media outlets, did not report on it, and that was because the huge players in the Australian media game both donated to the conservative parties so obviously they don't want to report on it because it looks bad on them Mm. small independent media outlets reported on it. i know crikey have been reporting on these donations when they come out each year for many years and every year pretty much from what i could tell they are talking about the fact that no one else no mainstream media is writing about this but no one no one cares like the you know for example and it's not all about our content but we see the trend of who engage like how many people engage with what kind of content and people were not interested in that news and that was reflected more widely because the mainstream media were not reporting on it so people weren't even hearing about it the people who heard about it were the people who follow larissa waters on twitter or queensland greens on facebook it's adding a one percent
1: piece of knowledge to their already sort of specific and complex database of knowledge that these sort of people have exactly we need people who would not normally engage with politics to mobilize themselves
0: yeah for sure and i know like the reason that i engage with that is because i wrote something about it i'm not saying that i'm so great and i engage with everything that's important but when i was reading like there was even there was way more stuff behind those tweets because i based the article on larissa water's tweets that had just the facts like the numbers Mm -hmm. it's like this person donated this much Um, Some of them even had dates. And I took that information as a starting point and I went and looked back and there were some astonishing things that I looked into. I'm like, how is this legal? And I found out so many pieces of information from doing enough research to be able to write a piece Mm. on it. And I thought, how is this legal? And also, how are people not talking about this? Because if this was widely understood by the public, this would be a huge, huge problem. There is a... Um, I don't really want to get into it right now because it's a bit off topic, but I'll link the article in the description. But there was a particular donor who donated a lot of money to the Liberal Party um, and he also bought a mine off the New South Wales Liberals um, or the government. The Liberals are in power. He bought a mine off them that was basically, in quotes, a dying mine and paid like shit all for it. I think it was like a million dollars. It was worth like many millions very cheap for a mine apparently and because it, it was dying it was like only had a little while left it's so basically you mine the resources and then the mine is like dry Avoid. and you yeah you move on anyway but he has now gotten a grant from the government of many many millions of dollars to restore that mine even though it's not going to extend its life so he's getting all of this money from the government he's getting he's the beneficiary of grants of from the same government that he is donating to And when you look at all these numbers he's not donating enough to make up like it's not equal he's putting in a little bit of money to the coalition and he's getting back stacks of money and i just i truly believe that people if they understood what was happening if they knew about this stuff you would be outraged so be outraged be outraged I think that's something, and I don't think this is a very good reflection on Australian society, but I think that a lot of the time, I mentioned a bit earlier, like Women's Day is, to me, about celebrating how far we've come and looking at how far we have to go. And particularly looking at, um, there's a lot of the areas where we have far to go are experienced by women in less privileged positions than us, and, you know, in Australia, even like for the most part, those issues are experienced by women who live elsewhere. But I think that this, like, timing with all of this stuff in upcoming International Women's Day in Australia, we are now actually faced with the reality that many other marginalised women or women who are less privileged than us have been experiencing this whole time. Because um, I think that... I always used to say, until this year, International Women's Day, my favourite day of the year. Used to love it. Not so excited this year.
1: Really? I've never... I mean, I've always like wanted to value it, but struggled to.
0: Yeah, I always just thought it was like an important. It would. It's. It was like a day of recharge for me yeah, because okay. even though I knew, like still understood all the problems, it was still like a day where I usually interacted with a lot of women who I found quite inspiring, who who had you know achieved a lot. Mm. Um, I always yeah saw it as like a day of recharging, um, but this year I think you know Australian women um even the most privileged of us are now seeing that reality that women who are less privileged had to see every year because i can understand why um you know a woman who's in a in a different position like a worse position than me could look at international women's day every day and be like what why the fuck would i think about that like this there's nothing to celebrate and that's how i feel this year yeah which i think is yeah like i said a sad reflection on society that it's taken us, you know, kind of seeing it with our own eyes to relate to it. Yeah. Which um, is something that we're actually, this is actually quite contradictory because that's something that we push against in when men say the same thing.
1: Sorry, I wish I had more. <laughs> I'm just so <laughs> sad.
0: Let's have a woman Prime Minister.
1: Another one. Who um, would you
0: pick? Plybysk. She's Plibuset, the obvious choice. She is. What about Penny Wong?
1: My mom suggested that to me and I kind of, uh, I would choose Penny. I would choose her, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think Australia will. Yeah. She's too good. Yeah. I think you're right. She's too logical, diverse, mm-hmm. respectable, Yeah, intellectual mm-hmm. for this country. Do you think if the election
0: happened, if the election happened tomorrow, I think Labor would win?
1: Yes. No matter who was the leader, people forget. People, people lose their anger and grudges really, really fast.
0: Yeah, I think if um, Tanya Plibersek had announced her like challenging for the leadership after the Craig Kelly thing happened when they had the argument, she could have had Australia's support. But I don't know if it would have lasted.
1: She's Labor. Yeah. I mean, like, challenge Albanese. Mm, I know, but... Mm, I know she would have had a better response to this shit. Yeah. Albanese, I feel like. I've heard him say a sentence, but I have no idea what he said. Because <laughs> I don't feel like listening to a man right now. Yeah. Maybe it, we should email Tanya.
0: Tanya! Tanya! How do you feel about being the Prime Minister? Can you come on the show? <laughs> the pod? She wouldn't talk about it. No. We published an article about this um, on Cheek last week, but... I think it's an interesting time because I wonder how many people are seeing this as a reflection on the Liberal Party and how many people are seeing this as a reflection on Canberra and politicians in general. Yeah. And whether um, it like would connect how many people in how many people's minds, how many liberal vote voters minds who are annoyed about this, upset, angry, um, does it connect to be like okay, well, this has happened, I'm not happy with it, so I'm going to vote the other way.
1: I think a surprising amount of adult of older adults, mm-hmm. um, like mid, like our mums, yeah, um, like it would, I think my mum will vote Labour, mm-hmm. Uh now, but I think that you'd be surprised by how much will change between now and an election in a year, mm. and that people will not incite this as a reason in a year. No the anger is not long-term enough. I mean, I wish it was, but...
0: I don't even think there's enough anger now. I don't know, But I think that, like, you know, and again, this was in the same article. It's called something about Australia's... Is this Australia's own Me Too? Mm. We are seeing, I think, a bit of a... It's a kind of, like, revolution. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, keep this momentum keeps yeah. up. And even though it's awful, um, I think that... It is like in the interest of long-term change yeah so hopefully i don't know i think i think that what has to happen is it has to kind of move part beyond government and we need to see you know change in like businesses and more i don't know accessible because we can't even like conceptualize the environment that is Canberra at the moment. Like, it's so far away from us, and we already feel um, so far from the government. And I think that's definitely something that's very Australian, is that we don't really see ourselves reflected in the government, and we try to distance ourselves from them, and we kind of think they're, you know, a bunch of clowns who we pay. Um, That's kind of the Australian way, which contributes to the fact that we don't engage in politics, and then this, you know... Blah blah blah. It's a circle, Um, but I think that if we start to see movements like this happening in businesses, Mm. um, even like in public, then some real change could happen.
1: Yeah,
0: um, because it's kind of out of. I mean, it's still there's still public public opinion has a lot to do with it now. But at the end of the day, if Scott Morrison, as the leader of the country and the leader of the Liberal Party, is not going to start holding his party accountable and it's not making any type of action to change the culture and improve, then we need to kind of take it, you know, into our own hands in a public sphere or in businesses that we work in.
1: Yeah. If you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode.
0: Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide to you over until then. Bye.
1: Goodbye. <laughs>